It's all yours. Hello, hello everyone. I'm Misty, a compulsive overeater. Um, I would just like to first start uh, with a quick prayer. God, please help me. Give me your word so that I may help someone else tonight with this with this compulsive overeating disease that so many struggle with. And please be there for those that are still suffering in this disease and let them know that they have hope. Thank you. Okay, so um, let's give you some statistics, I think, to start really quickly. I've been in program about 25 years. I've lost 100 pounds, I think, at least four times. But this last time is, is really, I think, the time that I'm finally keeping it off, and that's why I wanted to talk tonight. Um, I came into program, and I didn't, I didn't understand anything about it. And I know some of the things that I, I heard first um, when I came into the program were things like, you know, the 12 steps. And, like, I was really worried about the amends part and, like, how was I going to make amends to people. And then also um, I wanted to say that deep inside me I felt like, wow, you know, all these people have done all these things to me, and that's why I'm a compulsive overeater. And the truth is, that's not the case. I was just being a victim of my life. And what I really needed to do was work the 12 steps and see where I had gone wrong. What was my part in, in what had gone wrong? Because I always played a part. So it was my job to clean up my side of the street. And, and that's what I did. I worked formally through the 12 steps about two times. Um, I've had the same sponsor for 15 years. Um, she's been fantastic, and I'm so grateful to her. And she's hung in there with me through all this craziness. Um, I just want to know, tell you that I'm honored to speak to this group because, you know, this group is my people. And this meeting, out of any meeting, has really inspired me the most. Um, and to know that there was hope and that I, and I, could, that I could make it. So um, I try to join the meeting as often as I can. Um, it's, it's really helpful for me. And I love it because... I get to hear recovery every night and sometimes you just don't get to do that. So that's, that's what I'm really grateful for, for this meeting and everyone that runs it. Um, so um, I would say a little, I'm just going to say a little bit about my past because I have spoken before. I've talked about my past a lot. What I, what I really want to focus on tonight is the last four years leading up to my abstinence. Uh, I've been abstinent since April of 2022 and this is the first time I've been abstinent this long. Um, I've been abstinent many periods in my life, and I learned from the program, and I grew, and I changed. But I have to say the thing that I struggle with the most was being honest with myself. And I didn't even know I had that problem, but I did. I needed to learn how to be honest with myself, and like, and especially about what types of foods that I had to give up and surrender to God. That was really, really probably the hardest thing for me. And I just, like the last four years, I, I really came to understand what foods I could eat and could not eat, um, which relationships in my life had to change because I was compulsively eating over them. Um, where, you know, where did I make, where did I have anything left? to like make amends to at this point and was there anything I needed to do differently and all of that information came to me um, over these last four years but to just go back the, the, to my early childhood really quickly um, so I was an unwanted child my parents um, and I know a lot of you have a similar story 
So I just want to make sure that I say as much as I can so you can relate to my story. Um, so my, I was an unwanted child. My, my mother um, abused me severely, and so did my father. I felt like I lived in a war zone. I grew up in a war zone. That was our house. They used to scream and yell and fight with each other and fight with us. And it was, it was really, it, to me, it felt like hell on earth. So I always blamed my eating disorder uh, and I've had this eating disorder for as long as I can remember. My first, some of my first memories are being like, you know, maybe four or five years old and stealing um, bread and going into the bathroom and eating as much as I could, as fast as I could, as long as I could um, before anybody discovered me doing it. Um, it was really, it, and, and this disease has baffled me. Um, I went everywhere before I found programs. I went everywhere, and like and like many of us have done, I've tried many things and did many crazy things. One of the things that uh, I used to do is I knew it was a spiritual, emotional, and physical disease, so I kind of clung on to the spiritual part, and I tried um, visiting different gurus and like really getting some of their spiritual teachings, and hoping that these gurus could help me. But what I found out was that no guru could help me because none of them were addicts. They weren't an addict like I was, so they didn't know what to tell me, and they didn't know how to help me. So the only place that I found that is in program uh, with the 12 steps. Um, and I, I didn't, we do say that there's, you know, other ways. There's our ways is not the only way. But um, for me, uh, I've learned things in this program that I have not learned anywhere else. And I studied a lot of self-help books, a lot of, I did a lot of therapy, um, you name it, I did it. Um, one of the things I tried that actually worked for me a lot was I would do the Atkins diet. When I did the Atkins diet, I would lose weight like very quickly and it would come off. And, I don't, and my disease kind of was like gone. I didn't even feel my disease. So that's one of the things that led me to figuring out like what types of foods are triggers for me and what are the things that I can eat safely and what are the things that I absolutely can't eat anymore. And I've got to tell you that it's definitely been wonderful um, being abstinent and I would rather be abstinent than have any of those foods now. I have no desire for them. I don't have any cravings. I don't eat anything that causes me cravings. So now it's like amazing that the disease has finally, you know, I've finally surrendered myself to God enough to let God help um, me change in, in this program. I really think that's, that's what happened for me. And it, it wouldn't have happened without my sponsor and all of you and everyone in the program because I can't do this alone. The times I've tried to do it alone, I failed. So for me, I've always needed the program and everyone in it. Um, that means a lot to me. Okay, so going back to um, my childhood, I just also wanted to say that um, for a good amount of my life, um, I resented my mother, and, um, and I really felt that she was the key contributor to my eating disorder. And I, it's not until, like, in the, those last four years that I finally, and I knew I needed to forgive my mother, because um, she was just doing the best that she could, even though it, it wasn't great, right? But it wasn't my fault that she was the way she was, and she was the way she was, and there's really nothing I could do about it. And she was just doing the best that she could, even though it was not great. 
But it took me a, many, many, many years to, to be honest with myself and realize that I had been blaming my disease on my mother and, and to really forgive her finally and, and let go of that because I'm not able to change my disease. The only person that can change my disease is God. And the only thing that works for me, like I said, was the program. And the resentments were the things that were really holding me back. And until I could let go of that final resentment of my mother, um, I really couldn't be abstinent for a long period of time. So um, I do think that was one of the other contributing factors to how I got abstinent this time. Um, so um, going back, uh, I'm not going to go back. So I, um, I know just a couple of things. I was in an abusive relationship, you know, of course, like I, I married somebody just like my father and I had kids and I was a single parent for a really long time. Um, I struggled uh, like extensively through those years and the eating was the thing that was keeping me going. So I would, I was a night eater, so I would work all day and not really eat much, but during the night is when I would eat. And I would eat until the pain went away, until I couldn't feel anything. And um, I didn't want to, I didn't want to interact with anybody. One of the things I, I realized from working the steps was that the food cut me off from God, and it also cut me off from the relationships in my life. I owed a tremendous amount of amends to my children, to my friends, to my family, even to my ex-husband. And I had to work all those things out. And it was really worth it. I mean, it, it, it was so worth it. I used to, um, I, I, um, I live in Pennsylvania now, but I um, learned OA starting in New Jersey. And um, in New Jersey, in the, in the area that I was, we didn't have a really strong OA. So what I did was I went to this open AA meeting and learned how to study the big book and learned the 12 steps from um, those people. It was more of a teaching meeting. It was kind of an interesting meeting. There was two people that would sit in the front of the, the meeting, and they would kind of run the meeting. And what they would do is they would read us from the big book, and then they would explain, you know, what they had learned based on, you know, their experiences and what we could gather from it. And that meeting really, really helps. So, I mean, if, you're, if your OA is not strong by you and you really need some help, I mean, going to open AA meetings might be an idea for you if, if you haven't tried that. The other thing is that there are these tapes. They're called the Joe and Charlie tapes. They're now on, they're all over the internet. We used to put them on, burn them on CDs and copy them. But now you can find them on YouTube. And Joe and Charlie is a series uh, that talks, that takes two um, alcoholics and they take um, their journeys with you through the big book and explain everything that happened to them and how things happened for them and what they had, to, what they had learned. Um, I found those tapes very helpful. Um, they really helped me because I really, I really felt like in, in my circle, um, since the OA wasn't really that strong, we, we didn't use the big book. And I mean, I think it's okay to not use the big book. But for me, I think I really needed the big book because in a lot of ways, for me, um, the big book was stronger in some things. I mean, I love our 12 and 12. And I love all the OA literature. I mean, I'm so grateful that we have all of that. I recently read Beyond Our Wildest Dreams, which is uh, Roseanne's story. 
And it's like amazing how much work Roseanne and the people that came before us put into this OA program. And if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have this. And we are so fortunate that we have it. And some days I, I forget about that. But reading that book really helps me realize, like, wow, how, how lucky I really am to be part of something that, that has really uh, changed my life and can and help other people. Um, okay, so let's see. I just lost my train of thought. But um, all right, I talked about being honest. I talked about the gurus. Um, so, I mean, truthfully, um, I was the only thing standing in my way of, of complete abstinence, but I didn't know it. So I'm going to take you back four years ago. And I'm going to explain what was happening in my life. So um, I don't tell this often, but I'm going to add it because it, it's, it's definitely impacted me. Um, I was seeing a person, uh, and a man, and um, we were getting ready to be married. We had um, put the, the down payment on the hall, and we did the invitations. We're just about ready to be printed, and everything was all ready to go. And then about a month before the wedding, he called me and said, um, well, uh, I want you to know I'm not coming to see you today. And um, we're not getting married because I'm already married. So I want to say that my disease took me into some dark places after that. Um, I really um, I was in program. I still kept going to meetings, I'm still talking to my sponsor, but it was a really dark place for me. Um, and then, then four or five things came all together at once um, in the last four years. So what happened was, was I finally, I quit my job. I, um, I, I didn't have hardly any money in the bank. My stuff was all in boxes because I was ready to move to a house that fell through. So I didn't have anywhere to live. So I had no job, no money, no place to live. I was I was in my disease, heavily in my disease, and my father had just died. And I really think, and I remember sitting on the couch, and I had these vivid, vivid memories of me finally being willing to turn everything over to God because I was in such deep trouble that I didn't know how I was going to make it. And I didn't see any way out. I didn't see any light at the end of the tunnel. I just saw disaster. Um, and I really think for the first time in my life, I finally hit what they say, what they call rock bottom. I finally hit rock bottom. And I was, um, I was able to finally surrender my will and my life over to the care of God as I understand him. Um, that, it, it came out of desperation. It really did. It was like hitting the, the, the um, just hitting that bottom. It was really hit the rock bottom. So anyway, so what happened to me then was, so I was able, so things came together for me pretty quickly. So I was able to get in, in some money. I was able to move. Um, some of my cousins let me rent a house that they had, which was, was really, I was really grateful for. And um, so I moved to Pennsylvania. And, um, and so while I was here in Pennsylvania, I was still, and you know, this is at the beginning of those four years, I was still heavily into the food. I was eating um, constantly. I was well over 100 pounds overweight. Um, I couldn't, I, and when I, and I know that when I eat and I'm in the disease, I'm a completely different person. Like 
I don't, I don't interact with people that well. And I don't, I don't really want to, like, all I want is the food and my bed and the television. Like it's, that's what, what happens to me when I'm deep in the disease. Then I don't, I don't take care of my relationships. I don't take care of the people around me. I don't, I don't do anything really five. like without being, Oh, hello. Is that five minutes? Nope. I don't know. I don't think that was five minutes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it was five minutes. Yes. Okay. All right. So to wrap it up, um, I just want to say that, um, so COVID hit and then when COVID hit, I was, I had to work from home and I was home with all this food that I had in the house. And what I learned from being home with the food, because I was always, always working in the office and I was, I never, was never around so much food all the time, but with COVID, I was around everything that was in my house and in my refrigerator. And what COVID really taught me was what foods I had to give up. And I struggled with that, but I really was able to see in black and white, if there was something that I wanted to eat and I thought about it all day because it was in the refrigerator or whatever, I knew that was something that I couldn't continue to have. Um, there's just certain foods that spark the, um, the, 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 I can't think of the word, but the craving. There's certain foods that spark the craving in me. And going through COVID, I was really able to see that. So I finally gave up all the foods that I, I, I needed to give up. And then I was working with my sponsor diligently. And I finally came to make peace with my past and made peace with um, my um, eating. And I finally surrendered it. Like it was completely surrendered at that moment. And um, and I've been the best I've ever been since then. All the prom- promises have been come true for me. Everything has happened in my life, like, to really help me. I'm really grateful for the life I have now. And it is beyond my imagination. I, I had no idea I could live a life like this. So um, well, I just wanted to uh, so thank you, everybody, for listening to my story. Let me give you my phone number. It's um, My name is Misty, M-I-S-T-Y. And my phone number is 973-879-8898. Let me give it to you again. 973-879-8898. And um, I'm definitely sponsoring. So if you're looking for a sponsor, you can check me out and see how that might work for you. Um, and uh, the, the thing I wanted to give up next was the topic. So. So the topic that I have for tonight is, um, is there anything standing in your way of getting your abstinence? And if so, what is that? Thank you. This is the number that we're going to repeat your number. Yes. Nine, Just a moment. Just a second, please. Well, Cheryl, could you please turn the recording off? Sorry about my cat, everybody. <laughs> At least she when it's done talking. Um, so uh-huh. my, it's um, 973-879-8898. Eight, eight, eight. 